Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever it may be, they will do a great job at Purdy Insurance. Making sure you're fully insured and saving you money. The pros, pros. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ohio State, Michigan in basketball right now. And it is... Michigan at the break, leading Ohio State 37-29. This is MLK Day, so you have uh, banks and others. I mean, the university here at Penn State closed today, uh, so it's a federal holiday as well, no mail. And thus you have basketball games taking place during the afternoon. I think Marquette and Villanova play later today as well. Uh, this is also the day that you have to declare your intentions about the NFL draft. Uh, and Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, defensive lineman Jalen Harrell, and uh, Chris Jenkins have all declared for the draft. But on the other side, Josiah Stewart, who's a really good edge rusher, and Donovan Edwards, and you know how high I am on him, have both declared that they're going to stay at Michigan for the 2024 season. Now, that I understand uh, on each part. I mean, Edwards, I think, wants, feels he can increase his draft stock by showing everybody he's the prime guy without Blake Corum there. Okay, makes sense. Jed Fish is now the new head football coach at Washington, leaving Arizona. Uh, it's not as if he's ever coached a game at Beaver Stadium before. He has. He was on the Michigan staff in 15 and 16. Uh, so he coached in here in 2015 and as the quarterback coach. But he's the head coach of Washington now that Kalen DeBoer is taking the Alabama job. And they passed over Ryan Grubb, who now ended up going to Alabama with uh, Kalen DeBoer. So Jed Fish is now the head football coach at Washington. Terrific playoff game last night. The Rams and Lions was just an excellent football game, no matter how you want to slice it. Uh, It was well played. Two quarterbacks incredibly sharp. No turnovers in the game. Defense right when you needed it. A closing drive to run the clock out. A crowd that was just absolutely phenomenal along the way. I mean, the crowd was just great in there last night. Um, it was just great. Well, I, I was going to say, I, th- <laughs> I think I saw, I know it's been like 35 years, but I think somebody said when they tweeted out that uh, that Lions won, that that's the first time anybody's ever said it in the social media age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal. And look, 
Detroit is. Um, I had never been to downtown Detroit until I did the game at Ford Field. I mean, I've been to Michigan a lot. I mean, obviously, all the games I've done at Michigan State football and basketball, all the games I've done at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor football, basketball. I mean, I've done a lot of games in the state of Michigan. What I mean, I probably have done, I don't know, 55 to 65 games, fifty to let's say 50 to 60 games in Michigan between football and basketball, right? But I had never been to downtown Detroit. And so I went down there, and, of course, we all know what the image of Detroit has been over the years. It's been tough. It's been tough. Um, and, Todd, I, I was taken aback. Uh that's honestly one of the things that that I've heard recently is just that it's, you know, they they've brought back the downtown. It's kind of, it's way nicer than you know what you would think it would be. I mean, well, I think everybody's seen seen some of the pictures and and, and the way it was in the in the 80s and the 90s and most of the yes. 2000s. Yes, and you know what? They've changed everything down there. They're going to have the NFL draft there this year, and and I'm telling you, the city is going to come off really well. I was I was just struck by the whole thing. Look, I mean, it was Thanksgiving weekend. You know, it's cold, uh, but you see that the three towers they always show from the Canadian side looking toward Detroit. That's the hotel we stayed in. Uh, that's, that's where GM is, their headquarters, but the Marriott's in there, so we stayed there. And after the game was over with, somebody asked me about, it was Jack, because Jack was going back on the team plane. I didn't remember I had to go back to Orlando. And Jack asked me, he says, he says, he says you're going to take an Uber back, right? I said, I said, Jack, I think I'll walk. He says, are you sure you want to do that? I said, yeah. I said, I think I'm all right. And, you know, it was, it was I don't know. I don't know what time we get out of there, 12, 15 in the morning. I was going to say it was a Friday night game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a night game. So I got my quarter after 12 in the morning. And I walked back to the hotel. I mean, Todd, I didn't think twice about it. Did not think twice about it. Because I felt the city was safe. Um, just being around. So I'm thrilled for them. I'm thrilled for all of those fans. Because they've waited forever for this. And they're great fans. And the game was just, by any way you slice it, an excellent football game. And you know how long it took to play? Two hours and 46 minutes. I was going to say I knew it was a fast one because I was doing pages at the paper last night, and that was the last thing I needed. <laughs> right. I mean, it really, I mean, I was, um, uh, it just really was an excellent game. Meanwhile, you know, I know everybody wants to talk about Dallas today, which I understand, I but, again, the Dallas secondary, and I remember talking to my class about this. I said, I said, I don't know how many of you are Cowboy fans. I said, but your secondary really is. I said, except for Gilmore, there's nobody else back there that's any good. Oh, no, the kid that's run the five interceptions back for a touchdown this year. I said, why do you think he has five picks for a touchdown this year? I said, ask yourself. I said, when you're voting for people, 
I said, don't just sit there and look at raw stats. You want to know why he has five picks for touchdowns? A, he did a good job of defending those plays. So let's start with that. Let's give credit where credit is due. But they throw at him all the time. He's not that good. <laughs> when I watched the Seahawks game, that's who oh. that's who right who the Seahawks went after with DK Metcalf. Picked on him, picked on him, picked on him, picked on him. And Dak Prescott, you have to openly question how he handles these moments. He's not good in the postseason. He's just not. I mean, the one pick for the, the touchdown? I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, he's trying to force something to C.D. Lamb. What did he force? He got a whole bunch of other guys. They want to cover him, cover him. I mean, watch Stafford and Goff last night. Stafford and Goff threw, were throwing seeds last night. Stafford and Goff were making great decisions. Jordan Love was making great decisions. And then I had somebody the other day laugh on Saturday, laughed at me about Joe Flacco. He's the fourth quarterback. He did a heck of a job just getting him that far as the fourth guy. <laughs> Watson, DTR, Walker, they all played a quarterback before Joe Flacco. I mean, you know, and again, C.J. Stroud, the world-famous S2 test. I mean, cut me a break. You, I mean, there's too many of these. I understand, okay. I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't say there are too many of these things. Uh, we'll get to the Eagles losing to the Bucks tonight in a moment. Uh, <laughs> the Eagles says, no, we're going to win the game. We're going to Detroit. Yeah, sure you are. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I realize that when you're making a multi-million dollar investment in an individual, you do want to know as much as possible about them. I understand that. But I go back to the conversation that Jack Ham was having with the defensive players when we were on the bus riding from the hotel to practice on, like, it was Wednesday or Thursday or something like that before the game. And I sat back there and... Jack said, hey, look, the season ended. I played in an all-star game. In fact, he might have played in two. I think he went to the Hula Bowl and he went to the Japan Bowl or something like that. And his parents went to both games. He says, he says Steve, I don't know how much my scholarship was, how much it was worth financially. He says, but they spent just as much money because they literally did not miss a game Jack played. That, that's how great his parents were. Um... And and he said, when that was over with, they they had the draft. It's like a month after the season was over. And the players were flabbergasted because, of course, that's not what they're used to. And they were like, what? Well, what about the combine? What about the training to get ready for the combine? He says, no, we didn't have combine. Nope. Right? And they were just taken aback. There has to be some balance, and then the really good organizations have this balance. Um, because when you look, for example, what has made Seattle successful over the years? Seattle's done a great job of understanding how valuable the middle rounds are to getting a team together. Detroit has done the same thing. 
understanding the middle rounds and the golf trade, or excuse me, the Stafford trade, where he ended up with six players out of it, you know, part of the foundation of the team that they have right now. And you have to look at not just, okay, uh, running a 40, running a whatever. I mean, remember the last question I asked to, to Bill Hillgrove last week? It was about Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald, you know what his 40 time was? 4.63. I mean, what was Jerry Rice's 40 time? I think it was 4.6. Well, I would take Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald in a heartbeat over anybody playing today. Anybody. Oh, no. He's not. A.J. Brown. No, no, I'd take Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald. Way better, actually, like committed to playing the game. Um, what about Stefan? No. Okay. They aren't burners. But they were precise. They knew how to play the game of football. There, You have all of this tape out there now. You know, video, tape, whatever you want to call it. You have all this video out there now of every single place somebody plays. you got to look at guys and say, okay... I've got all these stats of, of how high they jump, their shuttle number, their right, and their um, forty yard dash, and all that accumulated. Okay, all right. So now I want to go through this list, and I want to now watch as much video as possible. I want to see who the football players are. And by the way, if they're football players and they have great numbers, wow, that that vaults to the top of my list right away. So let's get to Stroud. Obviously, I did two C.J. Stroud games in person in my career. What struck me about him is he always had his head up. He was always looking to make a pass play. You could tell he saw the field well. My comment going into every game about him was the same, that he is not going to run the ball unless he absolutely has to. Right, He rarely runs the ball. Because when he would break the pocket, he would keep his head up, and he was always looking to make a pass play. He did not want to pull the ball down, panic, and run at the first sign of trouble. And the accuracy with which he threw the ball. I go back to last year's draft when they kept bringing up the S2, and I kept saying the same thing. We pretty much knew that Young was going to be the first overall pick. All right. I said, I'm Houston with the second pick. I said, I don't care what anybody says. This is a no brainer. You take Stroud. It's a no brainer. And I'm doing that based on watching him play the game. I didn't need an S2. His processing an S2. I watched him process. Penn State, okay, he's out there processing in a game against a Manny Diaz defense last year. Looked to me like he processed it. It took him a little while to fight through some things. Yes. Right? But then finally, and they got it going in the fourth quarter, they got it going in the fourth quarter in the year before against the Brent Pride defense out there. Takes some time to process stuff. What the heck are you talking about? It's crazy. I mean, I I, I hear this stuff like, okay, Tom Izzo did a thing on analytics the other day. And again, I want as much information as possible. 
right? I want to interview them. I want to talk to them, okay? I have no idea what Jalen Carter sold the Eagles a bill of goods on, but there's no way in heck I draft him. Sorry. I mean, like, they drafted him. Like, everybody's, hey, how we did it again? I was like, how we did what again? Again, you, here's, I'll give you one of the biggest mistakes that organizations make, Todd. At least to me. You, you tell me what you think. But one of the bigger mistakes that organizations make when they draft somebody, our culture and our locker room are so strong, he'll be fine. Real, no. Again, I think it depends on the player, too. I mean, some of these red, you know, some of the red flags on some of these guys aren't aren't that big a deal. But I think I think Jalen Carter's history was a little different than some of these other other guys are too. So that's part of it. And to go back to your C.J. Stroud point, you know, you talk about the Penn State tape. I don't see how anybody watched that national semifinal last year against that Georgia defense and when he doesn't process well. Absolutely. He played brilliantly against Georgia. And by the way, what did he finally do at the end of the Georgia game? Run. He, he took off and ran. <laughs> and he set up uh, Ruggles for the field goal that eventually went wide left. But he ran the ball uh, because he had to on that play. That was, the, that was the best play available to him, and he did. I mean, but there's a long list of guys that have, have had troubled pass, right, before Carter, okay? Right? And hardly any of them don't go through this thing and and the trouble doesn't continue. It's just the way some people are. It's just the way it is. Right? And you have one organization after another that makes the mistake all the time, and the Eagles have made this mistake. Well, our culture is so strong and our locker room is so strong. Believe me, he'll be fine here. I think that's kind really? of. I was going to say. I think that's kind of the human condition, you know, because you know, you, you 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 think in relationships you can change people too, and and that doesn't usually go well for the person that's trying to do the changing. Sounds kind of personal, Todd. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. <laughs> Turned into Oprah all I of a could, sudden. I I couldn't help that. <laughs> okay, that, that was too cheap, too easy. Yes, it was. Uh, they're still shoveling snow out in uh, Highmark Stadium right now, but they're going to play this afternoon at four thirty, and the Eagles have no problem with that. It's should be just fine in Tampa tonight as they play the Bucks. The winner will play at Detroit uh, of tonight's game. So we'll find out if they can flip the switch uh, in in the playoffs. Uh, A.J. Brown will not play tonight for the Eagles in the game. We'll come back more in a moment. Great to have you with us today as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV, bundles. They'll do everything they can to make you sure you're fully insured and do everything they can to save you money. 
That's what customer service is all about, and customer service means everything to them. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. It's the uh, last day that players can declare for the NFL draft. This is also MLK Day. Uh, one of the moving moments of the Peach Bowl trip, you know, they took the players over to the College Football Hall of Fame, and there were some funny moments there. Anthony Poindexter was really good. Then Jack Ham was really good. I probably said to a couple of the players, I said, well, how do you think you get in here? <laughs> I said, you get in here because you're really good. <laughs> they laughed about that. Yeah, you're right. Paul Pozlesny and Danny Hale, of course, are both going to be going into the next class, uh, among others. Larry Fitzgerald, as I mentioned, uh, with Bill Hillgrove. But then the other part was, and it was after the Thursday practice, we went to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s museum and we toured the museum and I remember talking with Adisa Isaac, Denai Dennis Sutton and Devon Ellis and we were at the part of the museum where it talks about his assassination at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis by James Earl Ray and there was a realization on my part at that point that there may have been four people in the travel party total that were alive when Dr. King were alive, happened to be alive, and that would be Dr. Wayne Sebastianelli, Jack Ham, one of the analysts, Frank Leonard, and me. And so I was telling him, I said, you know, I said, I remember exactly where I was when Dr. King was killed. I said, I was in the hallway of my parents' house walking toward the dining room and kitchen when I heard it on the TV from Walter Cronkite. And I, I just stopped. I was in such a state of shock. I said the entire country was in a state of shock. Um, and, and the thought at that time, I, said, I was 10 years old at the time, and I said, my first thought was, how could they kill a great man like that? And, of course, I was alive when President Kennedy was killed. And then two months after that, Bobby Kennedy was killed. And the entire country was in flames at that point. I said, I said, and I told them, I said, when I went down to Montgomery with you guys to... Um, for the Auburn game, I said, I toured the Rosa Parks Museum. I toured the Freedom Riders Museum because I had some time on that Friday afternoon. We got in so early. I had time. So I went. I went on a walking tour of all that. I said, because, you know, I said, it's so important to learn more. I said, I've been to Foster Hall at the University of Alabama where the ignorant George Wallace stood in front and would not let anyone but white students in. Dick Girardi and I went over to Foster Hall. We did a basketball game in Alabama a few years ago. And 
the um, and and I I told the players I said this I said this is the absolute truth I said look I learn more from you guys every day I said it's always important to always be around people where you learn as much as possible I said and don't stay just in your own world well from there we went to Ebenezer Baptist Church now not the one you're seeing on TV today. Okay, that's the new one across the street where Senator Raphael Warnock is the pastor. Okay, that's the brand new one. They took us into the one where Dr. King. Now, Dr. King's father was the pastor, and Martin Luther King Jr. was the co-pastor. But that's where he preached. Was they took us into that one? And we sat in the pews and listened to the presentation, which was phenomenal. And then they took us over to the tomb where Dr. King and Coretta Scott King are buried. And the whole thing was just moving and emotional. Uh, and it meant so much to the players. Well, not to, you know what? It meant so much to everybody. But it meant a lot to everybody. That trip. And that was, that was like one of those wow moments. So today is MLK Day. Uh, by the way, Martin Luther King III, Martin Luther King Jr.'s son, will be the honorary captain tonight at the uh, Buccaneers-Eagles game. Just so you know. Okay. So there we are. Um, and uh, there are games taking place today, as a matter of fact. Uh, let's see. Let's get an update of what's going on here. Uh, Michigan leads Ohio State 52-43, 12 minutes to play. Uh, in Ann Arbor. Ohio State has not won a road game since January 1st last year. They lost here already. Uh, game at 2.30, Villanova-Marquette. That's out in Milwaukee. Iowa is at Minnesota tonight at 6. Notre Dame is at Boston College tonight at 7. Uh, and then the hockey games this afternoon. Buffalo, they're playing hockey in Buffalo today. <laughs> it's indoors. Uh, Sabres lead the San Jose Sharks 2-0 into 2. Florida Panthers lead the Ducks. Uh, Anaheim 2-0 uh, with a, about a minute to go in the first. Vancouver leads Columbus 2-1, three minutes to go in the first. Bruins and New Jersey scoreless. Five and a half to go in the opening period. And the uh, Penguins and Kraken 96 seconds to go in the opening period, scoreless in Pittsburgh, between Pittsburgh and Seattle. And there you go. Um, let's see, it's the NBA games today, right? Okay. Yeah, I think the Sixers tipped at one. Yeah, Sixers are leading the Rockets 33-19 into one. And then this afternoon, Penguins-Mavs after that, 3 o'clock, Magic Knicks at the Garden. Uh, Detroit, uh, Washington at 3. Spurs, Hawks down Atlanta at 3.30 at State Farm. Uh, then tonight, uh, there's a series of games tonight. Warriors, uh, Memphis, uh, Chicago, Cleveland, Miami, the Nets, Pacers, Jazz, and the Thunder and the Lakers, the late game at 10.30 tonight. Of course, the two playoff games, Steelers-Bills at 4.30 on CBS, Eagles-Bucks at... 8:15, which is the Monday night game on uh, 
ESPN. Tim McManus of ESPN wrote an article about the Eagles' dysfunction. Must have been a long one. (laughs) Uh, It is a very long one, as a matter of fact. Uh, It's really... um, Let's see. Talk about Hurts has thrown as many regular season interceptions in his fourth season as he did the past two seasons combined. Again, I I think he is who he is. There's some moments where he has great, great moments, but again, like he's warped into like how he played in college at times. Because sometimes you are who you are. Um, you know, they're three. They're averaging three fewer points per game. Uh, their passing yards has gone have gone down to 16th in the league. Their rushing yards are down to 8th in the league, even though I think, as you know, I've, I've said nothing but great things about Swift. I think he's been terrific. Um, uh, now, who knows? They go out and win tonight, get that good feeling again. Then they got Detroit. We'll see. Uh, uh Sirianni played his starters against the Giants. And they were down 24 nothing. He pulled the starters. Um, now, I would have played the starters, too, because I'm, I'm big on continuity from week to week. Um, so, I mean, I have no problem with him doing that. Um, and Suriani says he's been conscious about trying to control his emotions. He acknowledged he could have handled himself better during the fourth quarter of the Giants game on Christmas Day when cameras showed him exchanging heated words with Hassan Reddick and Devontae Smith. He says, I was too tense on the sideline. I need to be better at that. I have to do a better job. If I'm going to ask the players to do a better job themselves, then I have to do a better job myself. Um... Jordan Mailata says he's not as animated on game days. We noticed that he toned it down a lot. I think that just shows the leadership of our head honcho, knowing it could be detrimental to the team. That's great awareness by coach. That's why we love him. Okay. They say they take their cues from him. Um, Now, the Don DeSandro thing, um, they said that Suriani... Uh, the shift in his behavior was after that happened on the sideline. And again, DeSandro, look, everybody says he's a great guy. Everybody says he's a great guy. Anybody that's been around him, whether they're with the Eagles, not with the Eagles, they'll tell you that they just like Dom DeSandro. Even other teams in the league say when they've talked, they like him. Everybody has a moment. Okay. Then there's the corner office. There are a lot of moments. That's right, a different <laughs> story. Uh, right, and he did. And he, he did something he should not have done. You are not a player. You are not a coach. You are you are there in a different capacity. You stay out of the game. All right? And he didn't. All right? Well, it kind of changed a lot of things when that happened. And... Um, but they, this team has a lot of dysfunction right now. 
Um, there's been a lot of stuff about A.J. Brown and Sirianni. Uh, Brown is not going to play tonight. <clears throat> uh, Brown is, I mean, he's out. Um, and there's, there's, a, I mean, there's certain things going on with this team, and part of it is, I think, guys. Now, first of all, everybody has tape on what you do. Defensive coordinators do not sit there on the off season and just play golf. They're sitting there like, how do we handle? It? And you can talk tush push all you want. Who cares, right? Okay, I give Philadelphia credit; they're brilliant at it. But it's how do you get to third and one? Teams are defending first and second down exponentially better against Philadelphia this year because the key to getting to third third and one and fourth and one are the yards you gave up on first, second, and third down to get there. Right now, the brotherly shove comes into play because you didn't defend first, second, and third down well enough. That's the key as to why that works. You're you're point blank at that stage. You are not third and four, right? You're not going to run it at third and four. You're not going to run it at fourth and four. It's the other downs that have uh, caused them to not get to it as often. Um, and, uh, and that makes a big difference. And then defensively, secondary has not played well. Not having Maddox as the nickel all year is hurt. There's no question. You know I've never been a big Slay guy. Bradbury I've always liked, but now you can tell he's a step off. Fletcher Cox I've always liked. You can tell he's a step off. Reddick, I think, is fabulous. Sweat is never talked about enough. Davis and Carter are talked about too much. All right. I just don't I just don't no offense. I think they are are good, not great NFL players. All right. They're good. In moments, they are good. They are not great NFL players. Um and now you got Tampa Bay tonight. This is Baker Mayfield. Okay. Um, and Mayfield actually has five more touchdown passes than Jalen Hurts and five fewer interceptions. Um, and Mike Evans has had a big year. Uh, there's nobody for the – Brown's the only guy out. Blankenship is questionable, but he he'll probably play tonight. But Brown's out. He's the only player out in both teams. And Tampa Bay has won four of its last five coming in. One in Atlanta, one at Green Bay. Okay? Beat Jacksonville, lost to the Saints, and then in a in an instant classic beat Carolina nine nothing. <laughs> instant classic. Yikes. You know, you talked about Nick. Uh, you know, calming down a little bit, but you know, since since he Sirianni is is calmed down a little bit, they've kind of lost some of their swagger and, and some of that. And if they're feeding off him, I wonder if that's part of it. Maybe, except you do need your coach to be kind of a little little more, you know, like fewer pom poms, you know, and like more thought. I, I'm not <laughs> arguing that point, but they were pretty good when he was running out down the sidelines, pointing at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they were also winning at that point. That's, that's the what I mean. Yeah, I that's mean. the pom. That's the pom pom part. Yeah, 
like, you know, that doesn't do anything for me. I sit there and go, well, what's he doing? You know, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, it's great to be uh, emotional about great things. And the Eagles last year provided, what, great things one after another? 67, by the way, tonight in uh, Tampa. Cloudy. It's good. Sounds beautiful. Eagles, yeah. Eagles are three-point favorites uh, in the game. And they got a Tampa team that, um, to its credit, uh, has defensively they're pretty good. I mean, Mayfield did throw for 4,000 yards. Rashad White did run for 990 yards. They still have Antoine Winfield. He'll be the best defensive back on the field tonight. They got Levante David, who's the best linebacker on the field tonight. They got Devin White, who's the second best linebacker on the field tonight. Uh, I mean, they're, they're better than your guys. I'm sorry, okay? Evans and Godwin. I mean, Godwin had 1,000 yards himself this year. Um, you know, I would take Swift over White any day of the week. I mean, White's only averaging 3.6 yards a carry. Uh, it's not like it's it's. Um, know, he's been, and Baker Mayfield's been sacked 40 times this year. Now that's in 17 games, but he's still been sacked 40 times. I mean, you're talking about it's two and a half a game, so you can get to him. Um, and that's how it plays out. Now, the running game in the Buffalo game is going to be... The, I'll tell you exactly what... Two things are critical in the Buffalo game. Which team gets to the lead first? Right? Plenty of, like, what did I say about Kansas City the other night with Miami? Who scores first is going to be so important. Kansas City scored first the other night. Scored first. Alright? And it made all the difference. Now, you have... Now, in that kind of weather, you have to play from behind. I mean, not great. Now, it's not going it, to, it'll snow a little bit during the game, but it's going to be snow showers during the game and maybe a quick squall or whatever. Uh, but uh, there's still, the, the field is cleared. That's not the issue. The field is cleared. Uh, now they're trying to dig out the, the stadium. And they may have to do what they did at Penn State for that Michigan game in 1995. They may have to just, just, instead of shoveling it out, trample down as much of it as possible uh, and then go from there. Um, 17 degrees, cloudy skies, chance of some snow showers during the game, but that's it. Uh, so that's only 50 degrees colder than Tampa. <laughs> I think I think the Eagles got the better draw. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's warmer and... It's not Buffalo, and I know the Eagles beat Buffalo, but still, if you were playing up there, the Eagles would not beat Buffalo. That would be me. That's just my opinion. <laughs> no, the Eagles would not beat Buffalo. <laughs> up there. Not right now. No, not right now. All right. We will take a break. Come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by good friends at Sunbury Motors, Force Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We're 
Also brought to you by good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Let's get everybody up to date on the scoreboard this afternoon. Active day. Uh, Pens and Kraken scoreless end of one. Devils and Bruins scoreless end of one. That's exciting. Um, Sixers lead Houston 50-32. to Five and a half to go opening half. Down at Wells Fargo. And uh, college basketball... Ohio State now leads Michigan 59-57. By the way, the entire Fab Five is at the game today. Jawan Howard's coaching. Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, Chris Weber. Yes, Chris Weber is back. And uh, Jalen Rose are all there today. And Rose, Weber, Jimmy King, and Jackson are all sitting right at the entrance to the uh, Michigan Tunnel. Took a long, long, long time for Chris Weber to come back. But now he's coming back, and uh, they're all there today. And Michigan has a one-point lead. And Doug McDaniel's playing today. This is an unusual suspension. He played at the Plaster against Penn State. But that's the last road game he's playing until the middle of February. Um, He has a six-game road suspension for academics. In other words, he's eligible under NCAA standards. But Michigan says he cannot travel for any of the road games until he gets his academics straightened out. It's a six-game suspension for road games. Interesting. 